Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's Healthcare Advocate. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Your guide to protecting your personal health. Bringing you simplified answers to the complex questions surrounding healthcare. Everything from cancer to liver transplants. Nutrition. Exercise. My yoga and Pilates instructor, Dana Goodale. Mental health and even pet care. Dr. Wayne Hunthausen, Westwood Animal Hospital. Empowering you to take control of your health and wellness. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy. Just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. And now, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Our producer, Mr. Darren Wilhite. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for making us one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States. You know, when we do these shows, we post all this stuff on podcasts. It's also up on our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, Facebook, Instagram, and the podcasts are on SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, and Spreaker, as well as radio.com. So that if you listen, you hear something, and you want to tell somebody about it or go back and listen to it again or whatever the case may be, go to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. You can follow me on Facebook, same thing, America's Healthcare Advocate, or Carrie, C-A-R-Y, Hall, H-A-L-L, uh, if you choose to do so. Instagram, same way, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. So all of that information is out there, um, If and if we can help you with anything regarding health insurance or health-related matters, you can call 877-385-2224. As always, 877-385-2224. Ask for the lovely Joyce Thompson, and she'll be happy to help you with any needs you have. Joyce also coordinates all these radio shows, so she knows everything that's going on. And you can send me an email from the website, America's Healthcare Advocate, americashealthcareadvocate.com, the website. All right. Today is one of my multiple topic shows or potpourri shows, if you want to call it that. What I try to do here is bring you up to date on the newest innovations, what's happening in healthcare what's happening in medicine, what's happening politically with healthcare. We're talking about Medicare for all. There's a whole host of topics. So today, here are some of the things we're going to cover. We're going to cover generic drugs. There are a number of things happening in the generic drug generic drug uh, front that you need to be aware of. Some of it's good, some of it's not so good. So we're going to talk about that, um, and we're going to talk about the, how, the, how that affects you um, and, and affects Americans across the country. We're also going to talk about uh, Medicare for All. We're going to do a little update on that. You may have noticed that Senator Warren has walked back her Medicare for All proposal now. She's talking about phasing in in over three years. It's still going to be Medicare for All, but she's not going to do the shock and awe of kicking 165 million people off their plan um, on day one. So she's talking about doing differently. We'll talk a little bit about that and what's involved, what the dollars and cents are, what some of her own people are saying about this, her own people being other Democrats uh, and how that's working. Then we're going to talk about cognitive and memory issues. I've done some shows on this in the past. This is something that I'm going to continue to talk a lot about. One of the big reasons for this in my mind is there are so many people out there that are, you know, aging at 50 plus and above that, that, that know they've got an issue with this or fear they have an issue with it. 
and they're not doing anything, all right? What I'm going to talk to you about today is some of the things that you can do, and there have been some breakthroughs in new drugs that are important to know about. So there's progress here, and there's good news here, but there's also a responsibility on your behalf that you need to know what your situation is and not wait for it all to come collapsing down around you and find yourself in a nursing home or a memory facility. You know, I, you know, I jokingly say eating oatmeal out of a wooden bowl. Um, that, that's not where you want to be. All right. So we're going to talk about that. So we got a lot to cover today. So let me start right off with this whole generic drug thing. So Wall Street Journal came out with a very interesting article recently. And I, and, and I troll a lot of websites, the Wall Street Journal, Detroit Free Press, Kansas City Star, New York Times, AP, Fox News. I mean, I could go on. The list goes on forever and ever because I'm constantly looking for information that I can feed back to the audience on what's going on. This is very interesting. This, this, this article is titled Generic Drug Approvals Soar, But Patients Go Without. Interesting, huh? Record number of generic drugs for cancer, heart ailments, and other conditions have received U.S. approval in recent years, raising hopes that new competition will reduce high drug costs. The result? Many patients are forced to pay high for high-priced medicines, and remedy, and a remedy for reigning in costs has failed to deliver as it was promised. What do they mean by that? Well, let me continue. Mostly they blame protracted legal tie-ups such as brand name drug makers defending their products by filing additional patents and suing generic drug companies. What does that mean? Well, if you change an ingredient, one ingredient, you know, whatever it may be, and it may be an inert ingredient, whatever it may be that, you, that they're adding to this particular drug, if they do, they file another patent. Well, that blocks the generic from coming in for another two, three, four years if the FDA approves it. So this is some of the gamesmanship that's being played on the drug front, and it's one of the things that hurts people um, regarding drug costs. All right. So here's an example. Uh, there's a drug called Latuda. Pharmacists and patients welcomed the decision because this, this drug had tripled in price. It had gone up to $1,223 per, per prescription. But if you could get it generically, it was $36, people. $36 versus $1,223. So what happened? Food and Drug Administration approved, you know, 2,492 of these versions uh, of, of these kinds of drugs, and only 1,617 have actually made it into the marketplace. So that Latuda is a classic example, all right? That was approved to go generic in 2011, and it's still not generic, okay? So this is you know, some of the stuff that we're dealing with. Out of the 2,492 generics that were approved by the FDA, 617 have made it into the marketplace. That is not good, people. All right. And, and I'm going to go on to another piece here in a minute that's going to tell you what needs to happen here with this. But let's keep going. All right. <clears throat> Officials have touted the effort saying that bringing competition to the marketplace would reduce drug costs. Generic drug competition trims the price of branded drugs by a minimum of 39%. That's right. When they get through the process and if the drug companies don't try to block it. So, so th this is part of the problem that we're dealing with in this country. Oh, and by the way, it's just not American drug companies. Belgian drug maker UCBSA, the maker of Vimpant, which sells for $950 a month, generated $1 billion in global sales. That particular drug on a generic basis, $38.50. Okay? So it's, it's, a, it's a major problem across the country, and it's a major problem that needs to be dealt with. So guess what? 
there's a possibility of a solution. And, and, and I'm going to talk about this in, in a different context. In addition to the fact that we're dealing with this part of it, I don't know if any of you have received any notices, but I have. There are a lot of generics that are made in China. In fact, the majority of the generics, almost 70% of the generics are made in China. That was kind of a shock to me. I knew a lot of generics were made there. I did not know it was 70%. Half of all Americans have some kind of prescription drug on a daily basis, ranging from blood pressure to pain relievers to relaxers, et cetera, et cetera. The biologic raw materials and manufacturing of these drugs actually come from China. Not good, people, okay? It's definitely not good. The Chinese government, principal developer of generic prescription drugs, which account for 90% of the medications. Are you ready for this? China, China's chokehold on the global pharmaceutical market leaves our, leaves our country and people that need these drugs in a very vulnerable position. This is out of the Detroit Free Press. They go on to say that the possibility of deliberate manipulation by medical suppliers in China and oversight of regulatory standards on prescription drugs is deeply problematic for the overall health of people who use these medications. I think everybody's heard horror stories about quality control in China. Well, it's a significant issue. And what they're saying here is that in this particular article is that this generic drug thing, aside from the fact that the, that the you know, brand name drug companies are blocking a lot of this stuff, unfortunately, 90% of it's coming out of China and they control the ingredients that go into making these particular drugs. So they cite a drug called heparin, um, which is a blood thinner drug. Many people use this drug and have been recently told their doctors they're experiencing severe side effects and reactions to the drug after testing the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention cases, uh, cases of negative reactions were traced to tainted biologic ingredients coming out of China. Now imagine that if you're taking your blood thinner and you've got that to deal with. Um, you know, think back to the dog food scandal of 2007. Think back to the drywall issue where they were making drywall and the stuff was going in people's houses and to rip out their whole home. You know, there, very little quality control in China, okay? So there's a real problem here, and it's a problem that needs to get addressed, and it's a problem that needs to, um, need, need, needs to be handled. There is a bill in Congress, believe it or not. There is a, um, there, there is a uh, Missouri senator by the name of Vicki Hartzler and uh, Congressman John Garamundi have put together a bill in Congress that would do something to stop this and force the Chinese to have certain kinds of controls, quality controls, and make it work. So believe it or not, we have a Democrat, John Garamundi out of, uh, out of California and Vicki Hartzler out of Missouri, who are actually working to do something to change this dynamic with this particular bill that they're trying to put forth. So, uh, you know, keep your eyes and ears open to this and understand. Also, if you get one of those notifications like I did on my particular blood pressure med, um, I called the pharmacy and said, is, is the one I'm taking one of the ones there's an issue with? Uh, and it was CVS, my local neighborhood pharmacy. And the answer was no. But you better pay attention to this stuff because it's like I just read to you. This particular blood thinner, it turned out they were using you know, faulty materials to make this particular drug. And there, in fact, was the problem. So that's it for this segment, ladies and gentlemen. When I come back from the break, we're going to talk more about some of the other issues. We're going to switch now to Medicare for All and the Walk Back by Senator Elizabeth Warren. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. You can find out more about us by going to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com.
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to that website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. You can also do that on Facebook and on Instagram if you choose to do so. Like I always say, these shows are posted on the podcast iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spreaker, we're on everyone that's out there, I think. So if you want to tell somebody about that story regarding generic drugs or our friends in China who are producing 90% of these generics, not particularly a good story, but it is reality. And uh, the bill by Vicki Hartzler and uh, Congressman Garamundi um, out of Orange County, California, are uh, working to uh, change that. Um, And you might want to take a look at that because we do need to put some quality control in place. It's kind of scary when you think about us being that dependent on the Chinese for something as big as your generic medications. All right, we're going to switch gears now. We're going to talk about Medicare for all. Well, something interesting has happened the last couple of weeks. Senator Warren has walked back the Medicare for all. I'm going to make it. We're going to put it in place the first year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, we're going to take 165 million people off of private health insurance and 870,600 people who work in the insurance industry will now be unemployed. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's not true. She's going to give them the opportunity to go to work for the federal government. So I guess I'm a little confused because I'm not sure how you're going to cut these costs like she says we're going to do um, and take that same 807,600 people that are working in the industry and turn them over to the government to run health care. I thought the whole idea behind this was that they were going to consolidate everything and cut the costs. Seems to be a little interesting to me. So who are the people that are for the Medicare for All? I've been through this before, but I'll go through it again. You've got Cory Booker, Christine Gillibrand, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, and of course, the godfather of Medicare for All, Bernie Sanders. Then on the House side, you have Sylvia Garcia of Texas, Jonna Hayes of Connecticut, Joe Negussi of Colorado, Alexandria Scazio Cortez and the squad, uh, Katie Porter of California, Anaya Presley of Massachusetts, and Rashida Tlaib, all members of the squad uh, who are 100% for this and are backing it. So a couple things you need to understand about this, uh, and I'm going to read you a quote from Ben Vedit Patel, a spokesman for Ms. For, for Jayapal, who heads the Congressional Delegation for Medicare for All. And this is important to understand. The purpose of Medicare for All is it, – it, the, perfect, the purpose of Medicare for All is defeated if there are other plans people can buy into, he said. What does that mean? That means that there will be no private health insurance, and 165 million of you who get your health insurance through your employer will no longer do that because it will all be provided by the federal government. By the way, if you haven't done it, you might want to have a chuckle. Go upon Elizabeth Warren's website, and you can do the estimator. I did it. It was really kind of interesting. So um, I did a family of four and said the premium I pay annually was about $7,200. Now, I based that on the fact that if I had an employer that only paid half of my premium and I paid the other half, it's a $14,000 policy, basically, for a family of four. And lo and behold, when I plugged that in there, it came back and told me I was going to save $2,500 a year. Here's the fun part. It didn't tell me how. There was no math. It just popped up that I was going to save $2,500 a year. I don't know. I thought that was a little interesting, to say the least. All right, let's move on. So you hear all these conflicting estimates on costs. So this this is, again, out of the Detroit Free Press, 
And uh, this lady's name is Nancy Kaffer, uh, and she is uh, uh, she's not a Republican. I, I guess she's a Democrat. I'm not sure, but I'm just you know using different sources to kind of define where we're at with this. So she, she says left left and right leaning policy shops have put the price around 32 trillion dollars to implement Medicare for all. That is absolutely right. Okay. Um, and uh, that number floats and goes back and forth, but $32 trillion is about right. So I go back to a Wall Street Journal article of November 4th, which says that you've got about $30 trillion to finance, a little different than 32 but close, okay? And Elizabeth Warren says that she's going to come up with another $20.5 trillion, that she's going to save $10 trillion by uh, uh, taking out the cost of the existing Medicare plan and Medicaid, replacing it with this, and then she's going to have to come up with $20.5 trillion. Well, how is she going to do that? This is where it gets really interesting. She's going to have an employer Medicare contribution, okay? And what does that mean? Well, that means $8.8 trillion is going to have to be contributed by employers. So let me kind of break this down so you understand it. So instead of your employer offering you health insurance, which he pays a portion of or she pays a portion of and you pay a portion of and some employers pay it all, it just depends, okay, we're now going to have the federal government telling the employers this is how much you're going to contribute for health insurance. There's just a couple of problems with this the way I see it, okay? Number one, most employers offer a series of choices for health insurance. In other words, you can do the pl- the base plan the employer's offering, you can do a buy-up plan, or maybe you can do an HSA-type plan where you're going to put money in a savings account uh, and use it as you need it. That's going to go away. You're going to have <laughs> – there ain't going to be any plans, okay? You're, you're going to get a card. Here's You're going to go where they tell you to go, and you're going to see who they tell you to see. And by the way, they're going to reimburse hospitals, this is Elizabeth Warren again, at 10% over Medicare. Well, hospitals won't survive at 10% over Medicare because I've told you before on this broadcast, hospitals are supplemented by private health insurance, which pays far more, 160 170% uh, over, over uh, Medicare, uh, so that hospitals can uh, do what they do, provide the quality of care they provide. That's going to go away if we go to 10% over Medicare for all. So basically what she's saying is that's the Medicare reimbursement rate. That is what Medicare reimburses at, approximately 10% over Medicare. So that's how that's going to work, all right? So where where is she going to get this money from? Well, she's going to get part of it, as I said, uh, from the employer contributions, $8 trillion. In the meantime, she's going to take the corporate tax level uh, back up to 35% from 21%. Well, what impact is that going to have on the economy? Well, if you want to know the answer to that, watch CNBC and listen to people like Jamie Dimian, listen to some of the other people that talk about what's going to happen to the marketplace um, uh, if we go back to this 35%. Look at where we're at in the marketplace now and ask where that, how that's going to work. And by the way, you know, it's not just the millionaires and billionaires on Wall Street that are making money off of this market. Everybody that's got a 401k, everybody that's got a set plan, an IRA, if you're invested in the marketplace, the market's up 20% this year. Okay, you're making money. Well, that's going to change. And anyone that is an analyst on Wall Street will tell you that if Elizabeth Warren is elected, the market's going to take a big dive. And it's going to wipe out a lot of those gains for people. So there are consequences to going back to this 35% tax rate, and, that, and that's definitely an issue, okay? So 
When I come back from the break, then I'm going to go through the rest of this, and I'm going to talk about some of the other issues that surround this, the funding, the taxes, and, and how it's going to work, because it's a complicated issue. You need to have as much information about this as you can get, so you're making a decision about whether you want to support this pro- this project with a particular candidate or not. So I'll come back from the break. We'll talk more about that. We'll talk about uh, Senator Biden saying that he thinks Elizabeth Warren is lowballing the cost of this insurance uh, at $10 trillion for the employee contribution. Stay tuned. I'll be right back after the break with more. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Here on the HIA Radio Network, you can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Also, like me on Facebook, Instagram, and all those other places where we're at. So the show today, as I call it, is a potpourri or multiple-topic show. We're talking about Medicare for All. We wrapped up that last segment doing some of it. I'm going to go into it a little more in this segment. And then we're going to switch gears and talk about cognitive issues and memory issues and some of the medications and other things that are happening here. But let's keep going through this, okay? So Senator Biden says that uh, Warren is lowballing the cost of her plan by well over $10 trillion. This is Joe Biden now, okay? This isn't, you know, this isn't, this isn't one of the Republicans. This is Joe Biden saying this. And she's got the same heat from Mayor Pete, and she's got the same heat from Amy Koblocker. So obviously some people don't think this thing is going to work. Oh, by the way, another way she's going to save money is she's going to cut $800 billion out of the defense budget. Didn't we just go through this, you know, with the defense budget being cut and, you know, the Marines, the Air Force, and, you know, having to take parts out of one plane to make another plane fly because they didn't have enough money and enough parts to do what they needed to do. And here we go. Let's talk about taking it out of defense again. I mean, this is just some of the things that they're talking about, okay? So here's another part that's terribly interesting. The Medicare for All program, this is again out of the Wall Street Journal, the Medicare uh, program, Medicare for All program will replace Medicare, Medicaid, Children's Health Insurance Program, as well as all employer-sponsored health insurance and direct individual health insurance, including the Obamacare exchanges. They will be abolished. It would cover not only the uninsured Americans, but every U.S. resident. Are you noting what I said here? I didn't say U.S. citizen. I said U.S. resident, and that includes illegal as well as legal immigrants. So there's another little piece to this that where is that factored into this cost? We don't even know how many illegal aliens we have in this country. So how are you going to go with a cost to cover them? What's that going to be like? Oh, and by the way, what do you think the impact on the border will be whenever we go, hey, Viva America, we have free health insurance for anybody that wants to come through the gate. What do you think is going to happen then? That'll certainly be interesting, won't it? All right. So uh, Bernie Sanders says his proposal didn't include long-term care, which is $27.3 trillion, but he wants to add that as well, all right, which is kind of interesting. So in addition to Medicare for All, now we're going to add long-term care, dental, and vision, and also we're going to throw in child care. Really? Seriously? 
I mean, there isn't enough money to do the first part of this thing. Where is the rest of this going to come from? All right. Neither the House nor Senate bill includes much detail on financing the federal spending. Mr. Sanders' staff released a, a paper in April with revenue uh, I- imposing a premium tax on employers. So we're back to the premium tax again. Uh, we're going to we're going to impose a wealth tax on people that have a certain amount of money after that. Um, and we're going to change the top income rate tax. So what did I tell you in the previous broadcast? I said you can look to see income taxes going up anywhere between 10 and 13 percent. You can you'll see payroll taxes going up around 10 to 15 percent. They haven't said the word VAT tax yet, but it's got to be coming because they've got to find this money somewhere. So that's got to be one of the other things that's going to happen. Uh, and, and, and then, of course, we have these nebulous other ways that we're going to save money, like closing loopholes. How many times have we heard closing loopholes? I mean, you know, that's about as <laughs> – you, you, you can't make something more vague than that, than that particular one, closing loopholes. So I have some interesting questions about this, though. What's going to happen to are, – are the, are the politicians who carved out special insurance programs themselves when Obamacare got passed, what are they going to do? Oh, and by the way, what about all the people in the United Auto Workers Union or the, UA, you know, or, or the AFL-CIO or, or all the other unions that are out there? What about them? What about all, what about all the union airline people? What about all the, other, all the government unions? That, are, that have really rich benefits and don't pay anything or pay a couple of dollars, pay, pay very, very little compared to what you and I pay. So this is, this is, <laughs> this is how this is going to work, right? Uh, uh, you know, all I can say is you better pay attention. Okay, and, and here's, here are a couple of things I think you'll find interesting. I'm going to read from you a thing called the Open, the open the Books of, of Your Money, 100 Examples of Federal Taxpayer Abuse. This was posted um, uh, in the Wall Street Journal. You can find it on a website called OpenTheBooks.com. And I'm just going to read a few of these to you because you're going to find it kind of humorous. The, these are things that the government has spent money on that you need to know about. Lobster tail and snow crab purchases, $25.4 million, uh, by the Department of Defense. <clears throat> Mistaken improper payments distributed by 20 federal agencies, $1.5 trillion. Dead people received mistaken and improper payments, $921 million. Living expenses, tax deductions for members of commerce, Congress, listen to this, $1.6 million. Mistaken and improper Medicare and Medicaid payments, $491 billion. These are the same people that are telling us the, the bureaucrats are going to save enough money and put an efficient program together to uh, – uh, 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 to administer national health care in this country, okay? I mean, seriously? Here, but how about grounded moon rocket costs overrun, $2.79 billion. Some of these are just, I mean, it's, it's just beyond my ability to understand some of this stuff. Furniture binge, 2018, use it or lose it spending, $491 million. Okay, this is where they have the end of your budget, there's money left, so we're going to spend it so they can't come back and take it away from us. Uh, mistaken and improper Medicaid payments, $306 billion. The website, if you want to look at this, it's really kind of interesting, once again, is openthebooks.com. I, again, people, I, I just, you know, I, I find myself laughing at this when I'm not crying because I just can't believe that this this is going to make any sense. All right. <clears throat> uh, you know, I opened the show by telling you that I was going to talk about cognitive issues a lot more than I have in the past. By the way, if you're interested in getting one of those Wavi brain scans you've heard me talk about, Go to bluevalleypt.com. You can schedule a test up there with them. 
They'll do the test for you. It takes about 20 minutes, 30 minutes to actually get the whole thing done. If you really want to know whether you've got cognitive issues, you really should. And if you're 50 or above and you're not paying attention to this, you should be paying attention to it because, again, I'm going to give you some good news today. There are a lot of ways to stop this, slow it down, reverse it, do a lot of other things. But you can't do any of that if you don't know there's an issue. So we're going to talk about cognitive a lot in upcoming broadcasts. As I've told all of you, you know, I'm 70 years old. I did this. I took the brain scan. Um, I was very happy I did it. I was, you know, there's actually a brain age that comes out of the thing. It's an algorithm. My brain age was 45, which uh, I was pretty proud of that. <laughs> yeah, Darren's over here going, I don't believe that. But no, it is true, actually. All right, so here's some good news. An Alzheimer's drug surprise. Despite many promising leads, more than 120 drug treatments for Alzheimer's disease have failed. Uh, the Cambridge uh, Cambridge-based biotech Biogen revived hope on Tuesday with the announcement of it would seek FDA and Drug Administration approval for a drug that it abandoned a year earlier. Biogen's experimental Alzheimer's drug, and I can't pronounce this, not even going to try, adicatinib, whatever it is, targets beta amyloid proteins from that form plaque in the brain, which many scientists believe contribute to the debilitating disease. Investors and doctors consider Biogen's drug the best hope in years for patients with early Alzheimer's. Well, they went through the original set of trials and they thought they did what was called a futility analysis and came back and said it's no good and they benched it. Well, they came back to it, all right? And they found this, okay? That patients in, in one trial with a certain genetic variant took higher doses of the medication and exhibited less cognitive decline. So this is a big deal, and let me tell you why it's a big deal. This is the first medication that's shown any sign of being able to slow this thing down. And it, it, it's, it, it's a big breakthrough from the standpoint of that. But here's another reason why it's a big breakthrough. These pharmaceutical companies are sharing all this information. I've done a lot of shows on Alzheimer's. I've had Dr. Troy Burns up here from KU, who's one of the leading researchers on this topic of one of, around the country with 11 different hospitals are doing this work in universities. So they're looking for this breakthrough. Well, if it gives them a door that opens, then they have a, then then where else can they go with this? And that's really what this means. Biogen says it met the F, it met with the FDA again uh, this week and received written comments from the agency before deciding to seek approval. That what could become this could become the first drug to slow Alzheimer's progression. Biogen's possible breakthrough may encourage more research. What did I just say? It also is a reminder that vast sums that drug makers keep pouring into this innovation, which politicians in Washington are threatening to undermine with price control. Well, okay, so there's the push-pull. You heard me talk about this whole generic thing and how, uh, you know, prescription drug companies fight the generics. And then you just heard me tell you about Biogen, okay, investing millions and millions and millions of dollars in getting this thing up to the trials and then thinking it failed and pulling it back, then going back and looking at another set of data and saying, you know what, this thing actually worked in certain people during with certain conditions. So my point in telling you all of that is that, you know, there, there's this is a complicated story with prescription drug in this country, but you don't... You don't see this kind of work being done in a lot of other places. You don't see it being done in Europe necessarily um, in a lot of other places. So this is, this is a big deal. It's a big deal from a breakthrough standpoint um, and, and what it could mean to folks that have Alzheimer's or dementia. I'll be back after the break. We'll wrap it up in the last segment. I'm going to give you some good news about things you can do to uh, stop cognitive impairment. Stay tuned. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. And I know just what to do. 
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIE Radio Network. My producer, Mr. Darren Wilhite. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. We're talking about memory issues, cognitive issues. I just told you about the Biogen breakthrough with the new um, medication that's going to be on the market, hopefully by the end of next year. We'll see if they get it done that fast. I want to continue. There was a huge section in the Wall Street Journal. You'll note that I read a lot of Wall Street Journal also read the New York Times. I've, I've used that in the past to talk about this issue. But there was a complete piece uh, in the journal that was uh, on November 18th, and it was only about cognitive and memory issues, um, it, and it, it, it was amazing. Sometimes the journal does these things, and um, th- this it was in the Encore section, and it was titled Preventing Dementia on uh, the 18th of November. It's well worth reading. It's about four pages long, and it's there's a lot of information on a lot of different topics. I urge you to go up online and pull that down if you haven't had a chance to read it or you don't get the journal. So this is interesting. You know, one of the sections in here is called Coming to Terms with My Memory. So as you age, what happens? Well, you know, you forget things, right? You know, you, you, you're, you're living longer. Memory, uh, memory, the memory, the prospect of losing it, it occupies our thoughts more than ever. And who can blame us? People living longer and healthier lives than the ever time in any history before. And Advancing AIDS highlighted the constant stream of articles uh, about how to avoid memory loss remedies. You know, a lot of them unproven, uh, like brain puzzles and, and buy these products and all the rest of it. Yada, 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 yada. There's a lot of information coming at you. Well, here's something I thought was kind of interesting. For example, a friend of mine is upset because she can't recall the name of a town in France she visited five years ago. I asked, does it matter? Um, I, you picture our brains as brimming with decades of memories and information stuffed on top of them, all right? Imagine putting some of the less important memories aside and forgetting to open up that space for those more, uh, forgetting to open up that space and using it for more treasured moments. Okay, what they're saying is, by the time you hit 65 or 70, you've got a lot of stuff up there. Yes, you're going to miss some of that. Look, I went down and had a, a, a reunited with a friend of mine that I served in Vietnam with, George Burton, um, and uh, I hadn't seen him in 50 years, all right? And, and, and we had some very interesting conversations. George remembers things that I can't remember at all, honestly can't remember, but he remembers and I remember things George can't remember, and it's really kind of funny. Okay, because because we were both there at the exact same time. We served side by side. We were both dog handlers. Okay, yet there's some of the stuff that he that he remembers that he'll. Well, do you remember? For instance, the, our sergeant's name that 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 ran our outfit in training before we went over and deployed. He 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 remembers his name. I didn't I didn't remember his name. It's just so. What they're saying is don't panic because it's part of a natural progression that's going to happen because you're adding more stuff. Here's some other things that I think are very interesting. I've talked about this before. Exercise is critically important. If you're a couch potato and you don't do any exercise, look, you're, all you're doing is you're, you're, you're begging for this issue to, to become a bigger issue for you. And they've done studies on this, and the studies show that if you exercise 70 to 80% of maximum heart rate for one hour each week, 60 minutes, okay, so break it up into, you know, five, you know 15-minute segments, whatever you want to do, you have a 38% lower chance of having uh, a memory uh, loss, Alzheimer's, or dementia issue. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Dr. David Oakley, who is the inventor of the Wavi brain scan, said on air with me, that he believed that you could reduce it by 70%, all right, by exercise, diet. Okay, and diet's got something to do with this. You can't eat McDonald's every day of the week, 
okay, and Kentucky Fried Chicken are those new Popeye sandwiches, okay? You eat leafy green vegetables. Yeah, that means kale and spinach and all that other stuff, okay? You eat poultry and fish. I still eat hamburgers, and I still eat steak, and I love it. Okay, I love Five Guys cheeseburgers, but I don't have one of those, but about once every two weeks, okay? Um, and I've lost about 12 pounds. I put myself on a regimen and, and, uh, and, and, and reduced, you know, my calorie intake. And, and these are all things that are in your control. So, you know, what I'm saying to you is, if this is important enough, get off your rear end and do something about it, okay? Get in the gym. You don't have to get into a major, you know, uh, uh, exercise program. I do yoga and Pilates. You've heard me. I've had Dana Goodale on here, who is my instructor. I'm there three times a week. It's an hour that we do three times a week, a little more than an hour sometimes. Um, but I also, you know, when I can't do that, I, go, I take my dog and go for walks. I try to walk at least two or three miles. Um, you, you, all, you've got to do something, people. You can't just expect that, uh, uh, that, 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 you know, if you don't do anything, the issue is going to get any better or, or you've got a chance to, to push it back. Um, you can make a big difference by diet, exercise, and some of the other things. Here's another interesting part. Sleep. Sleep is a huge issue. No one knows for sure why. One theory is that sleep helps, helps us remember important information by performing critical ho- uh, housekeeping function on the brain synapses, uh, including eliminating some of the connections and strengthening others. Boom. Okay. So getting a good night's sleep is really important. You know, I take sleep aids. You know, I have sleeping pills that I take on occasion. I don't take them every night. But maybe I'll go four days without taking, and then I'm not sleeping really well, and I'll take them again. Or maybe, uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll take an herbal supplement, okay? So those are all things, but sleep is critically important. I'm typically in bed by 9 o'clock at night. I don't have a television in the bedroom. You know, I read. I don't have a television in there. Um, That's another thing people don't realize. If you sit and watch a television for an hour, two hours before you go to sleep, that stimulates your your brain, your vision, all the rest of it, and it makes it harder to go to sleep. So those are things that you need to keep in mind. They are simple things, okay? But lack of sleep, okay, can explain why two-thirds of Alzheimer's patients are are two-thirds of this, get this, are women because of lack of sleep. So, you know, sleep is an important issue. Exercise is an important issue. Diet is an important issue. These are all things that, that, that you need to be aware of and things that you need to, as you age, pay attention to. You don't have to panic. Yes, you are going to forget things. You know, oftentimes my wife will say, do you remember when we did this? And I'll go, well, no. Okay. But I remember things that she doesn't remember. So, Pay attention, people. That's all I'm saying to you. By the way, if you do want to get a brain scan and find out, you know, what condition your brain is in here in the Kansas City Metro, uh, bluevalleypt.com, bluevalleypt.com. If you want information on that, you're anywhere else in the country because there are doctors all over the country that are using the Wavi scan. Email me off the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, or reach out to me on Instagram, whatever you want to do. I'll be happy to get that information to you. That wraps it up for today. We covered a lot of ground today. Uh, Again, if I can help you with anything, you can always call the lovely Joyce Thompson at 877-385-2224. She'll be happy to help you with health insurance issues if you have any, whether you're an employer or an individual, whatever the case may be. And thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, folks. And now I leave you with this thought from Dr. Martin Luther King. Americans must learn to live together as brothers and sisters, or we will surely perish together as fools. Thank you for listening to the show. Goodbye, America. 